welcome back to the Dopos on KUCI in Irvine. Uh, Dopos is where we talk about sports and other things too. And today we have my guest Brandon Hino. He is president of the Sports Business Association here at UC Irvine. Uh, it's a group of people who love sports, but most we all want to break into sports as our career someday as well. Um, last week I s- finished off saying that we were going to uh, go over the Eastern Conference playoff predictions for the NBA today, but I figured we'd go off script a little bit. Uh, Brandon and I, we went to a sports conference at USC last Friday, and I thought it would be more important to just reflect on the episode, I mean on the conference, and to share with our listeners what it's like to go to these events and what it's like so far for us to try to break into the sports world. So Brandon, thanks for coming. Yep, thanks for having me, Adam. Um, so, uh, what year are you? What major are you? Yeah, I'm a second year business admin student at, here at UCI. Yeah. So, Brett and I, we went to this conference. It was like about five hours long. Maybe, yeah, about, maybe more. Maybe a little more. It was from 9 a.m. to like 4 p.m. And we got to hear from some of the most like famous per, uh, professionals and experts in the NBA world today. As long as well as the uh, the football world and the baseball world, so to start off, we're gonna go and talk about the Spanish uh, brothers, right? Yeah, LA Chargers. Mm-hmm. Yeah. What did you think of them? Yeah, so it was pretty cool to hear their story. Uh, John and AG, AJ AG Spanos actually, they're the both the football and business operations of the Chargers, head of the football and business operations of the Chargers, respectively. And it was cool to hear the story about how, you know, their grand their grandfather, he basically started working at a bakery and he ended up breaking in with real estate and ended up uh, buying the Chargers, essentially. And it's just a great story to hear from them about uh, how it, what it takes to manage a team. You know, the Chargers, they just moved to Los Angeles this past uh, couple years. And just to be able to, um, they're sharing experiences, for example, like with the new stadium that they're about to move in in Inglewood and stuff like that. It was just it was great to hear how they try to base their team off of, you know, their and their grandfather's values that they've been instilled with. Yeah. I think they were probably the wealthiest people that we saw at the conference. Yeah. Would you say so? Probably. Definitely. Yeah. yeah. So just to recap for the listeners, we, we managed to see uh, the Spanish brothers from the LA Chargers, a group of analytics people in basketball. So we got, we had a Lakers guy, a Clippers guy, and just like an NBA guy. They're all just like really good with math and computer science. Uh, Fox Sports people, a uh, for any of the soccer fans, um, Mitsu Utsu, Utsu's agent, soccer agent, uh, Dr. Uh, Irkut Sogut uh, from uh, Europe came. Uh, there was a panel of people who managed players and then Devin Johnson from the inter- Uninterrupted show that LeBron James co-founded. Uh, we don't have that much time today, so I figured we would talk about the two, the two most uh, interesting panels that me and Brandon um, thought. So for me, it would be the basketball analytics panel for number one. Mm-hmm. So w- what do you think of them, Brandon? I mean, yeah. I mean, obviously, I've had the chance to learn about different careers, but analytics hasn't been one that I've been that in depth. But it's actually quite interesting. Um, they're telling stories basically about how. Nowadays, teams are using information from algorithms and models to basically predict what's going to happen in sporting events and what how to scout certain teams, how to defend certain teams. Um, so yeah, just I think it was just really cool just to hear some of their stories. 
uh, I think one of the the coolest stories was when um, one guy, uh, Justin Jacobs, right? Mm-hmm. He basically used to be an analytic um, for now he's for the Rockets, but at the time I forgot what team he was with. They were scouting Andre Drummond, and they were going to use analytics on to see how they could save points. And they were basically fi- finding out that when he would attack the rim from a certain way with his weak hand he would kick it out to the three-point line and they're able they're able to tell their t- uh, team like when Andre Drummond comes from the weak side and guys rebound he's going to kick it out and it turns out in that game he did that that same thing happened where he grabbed that rebound three times and he kicked it out two of the three times resulted in a turnover yeah and that's essentially saved them if you want to say he makes a three 50 percent of the time he essentially saved three points and they and they ended up winning the game by two so stuff yeah. like that just hearing those uh, stories like that was just it was really cool for me to hear that yeah um i like how they they showed us they showed me really what the difference is between just being a casual basketball fan mm-hmm. and then being what they're doing yeah which is like ex and being an expert in analytics exactly and yeah. then seeing the game like a lot different differently yeah. and like i bet they're not when they're watching the game they're not like you know <laughs> come on ref like that was a that was a, that was a travel <laughs> yeah what happened ref i just i just appreciated seeing like because you know me and you we hear um speakers and they tell us you know being a fan is one thing but working in this this industry is another thing mm. um i also appreciated like the advice that we mm. heard so yeah. not not just like uh the, the the speakers telling us what they do but they yeah. also gave us advice on you know how to break into this like really hard industry yeah so one of uh let's see i think one of them i forgot who but they told us you know you ha- you have to rise above the group mm. that you're competing with for the job mm. and then you have to like show that you can do the job before you apply for the job mm. or else like your resume is just going to be one of thousands that it's just like no one's going to see it yeah yeah um now i like that advice too i mean um the guy from the analytics guys from the, from the Lakers, he basically essentially told us if you want to pursue a career in whatever you do, whether it's sports or not, like you said, you have to show experience. So whether that's writing a blog or posting on various other sites, such as LinkedIn, just stuff like that to show that you're interested in the career path you're going to was just very tangible advice. Yeah. So and then they, they also said that, you know, just do like one project a month mm-hmm. or start your own blog on Twitter. Yeah. Yeah. And I... I, I kind of, let, let, let me tell you, I started like a Twitter blog, okay. but it has like, it had, I don't know, it had three followers, but yeah. then when I click on the followers, it told me that they don't count spam accounts. <laughs> so then one of them was a spam account. And then I found out over the weekend, like one person unfollowed me. No, so like I'm down no. to just one follower. Oh, but then uh, the, the advice that I heard was... Um, one of them told us that it doesn't matter how yeah. many followers you have yep. and it's like if you only have five but then one of them is like interviewing you yeah, that's then it matters. doesn't matter how many followers you have exactly yeah yeah and then one of their they they told us when they're interviewing people they always ask like why are you in the room and um analytics wise like what's the most interesting um contract you know, analytics plus like the contracts. Mm-hmm. Um, so they, they gave us an example of uh, DeMarcus Cousins, um, his contract. But then they want you to talk about like stuff like the salary cap mm-hmm. and not just, you know, yeah, I think I think Cousins would be good for the team. Mm-hmm. That's what they were saying. Yeah, know? they're mentioning like the stuff with the whole like AAV, like the annual value of the contracts, like which is back, if it's backloaded, if it's frontloaded, 
what type of details are that not just oh demarcus cousins making mid-salary uh cap you know so that's why it's interesting he wanted more in-depth details about that yeah and then uh there was that one part where um the moderator asked the guy from the clippers yeah. if he thought the clippers were gonna win oh, yeah, that's and funny. then he was like yeah yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. and then uh he was like no 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 just unbiased based on an analytics point of view yeah did, do you think they were gonna win he's like no no <laughs> and then everyone just started laughing yeah, yeah that's pretty funny um what did you think about Ooh, here's a good one justin jacobs he yeah. told he told us like he shipped off uh someone uh, some player because of like their bad attitude do you remember more about what what he said or no bad attitude yeah i have it in my notes like he's like there's just kind of give it oh oh i remember that. there is a there is some player who who was not like willing to oh like, yeah follow, yeah, the, remember, remember. follow what the analytics team like recommended wait no i think it was no no we're we talking about the player that when he went to another team like he's like oh he's he's still balling out and stuff like is that the player you're talking about i think okay i think he said so that, okay basically they're talking about if i remember correctly mm-hmm. so yeah like obviously analytics helps teams tremendously nowadays but it's not something that you're going to build your team around meaning you can be a very good analytics player you can be a very good player who gets you know certain stats to certain things but off the court chemistry chemistry wise you know um analytics cannot measure chemistry yeah, so yeah telling stories about how like he would play a great game you know he would ball out but then after the game he would say hey let's go young let's go youngsters let's go like hit up the club or let's go you know do this and that instead of going to the gym after the court after the game mm-hmm. and stuff like that analytics does not measure it cannot measure things like such as social events that are going on you can try uh, they, they've tried i know they've said they've tried to model certain things with that chemistry nowadays but at the end of the day it's just unrealistic to do so yeah so he was saying like you know some players like they're just not going to cooperate and then you can't like analytics can't measure like their level of uncooperation right yeah yeah basically essentially yeah, yeah. and then part going going off of that um i think philip philip the guy from the laker philip, yeah, philip chang he was telling um he was telling us how important communication was in their field mm-hmm. because they can't go to a coach and then they can't tell him like all this math stuff like yeah uh if you if you make player a do this do that and f- because of uh, like a 45 degree angle and pass it off to a, thir- a three-point shooter then it'll result in a higher probability blah, 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 right and then he said that you know just keep it really simple and ke- you have to convert analytics language into a basketball language to the coach mm-hmm. in order for him to even consider like telling his players like your mm-hmm. idea mm-hmm. right yeah i thought that was interesting yeah um then drafting drafting to understand other teams valuation of players i thought that was cool too using analytics for drafting um i think believe i believe that their point was when when they're drafting they're also like they're also trying to see what uh the other team is valuating their valuations of a player like mm-hmm. is the is the other team valuing this player higher than us or lower than us mm-hmm. and then that's how like they decide to like move down in the draft or move up in the draft you know mm-hmm. what i mean like mm-hmm. trading trading draft picks mm-hmm. yeah um what else anything else anything else you found from that panel that was cool not like 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 i said just hearing how because i mean all sports leagues whether it's the nba mlb or nfl they're all using analytics now i mean the field isn't that big there's only like about five analytics uh 
work uh, staff on each team. With that being said, that was really huge with coordinating with teams about what their game plan is game to game. You know, the Dodgers get criticized a lot because their manager, they're really analytics based and their manager always gets uh, criticized for maybe relying on that too much instead of more of your gut instinct. So, I mean, it's definitely an, a side of sports that five years ago, they were saying five years ago, it would never have been a thing. But now analytics are really big. So I think it's just cool to hear the growth about it and what's going on with that side of the industry. Yeah. And then um, when we were in the car heading back, and then Sam Sam told me about, like, I think Phillip's example of the when you're the defender. Oh, yeah. yeah Want to yeah. talk about that? Yeah. So they were kind of mentioning about how um, to use analytics to go deeper to dive deeper into evaluating players mm-hmm. so there's one example of a, um, one player who was according to common thought to what scout said he was a bad defender mm-hmm. but what the analytics showed is this going to be kind of like a, um it's not, it may not make sense at first but what the analytics showed was he was actually an above average below average defender meaning he was better than what the scouts had said and the reason why they had said this was um they went, they went ahead, the analytics team go ahead, went ahead and watched tape and saw saw him close out on defenders, meaning when a person shoots the ball, how he, you know, how he runs at them. And when someone's passing the ball to a shooter, you're typically supposed to uh, angle yourself where your backhand is kind of blocking the passing lane, but at the same time, you're able to use your other hand to close out on the shot. Um, what they found out was he was using the wrong hand to close out on the passer slash shooter and as a result he would be in bad position so when the shooter would grab the ball he would just blow by him and that would result in a layup or whatever an open lane essentially so they're saying like that kind of stuff is easily fixable the coach can just a defensive coach just needs to work with him for 15 20 minutes on how to close out and boom that's fixed but other than that he's fine with defense so using using stuff like that and analyzing how many I think they actually were able to calculate the exact stat that 132 or 37 out of yeah. 150 times that sounds right, he yeah. closed out with the wrong hand so they're basically essentially seeing like okay he's rated a bad defender by you know the common public but in reality with analytics with di- diving deeper with looking at film he actually was a fine he's obviously needs stuff to work on but other than that he's perfectly capable of being a good defender so yeah. that was just a cool one example that Philip was talking about. Yeah, when I heard about that at first, I thought it was it kind of like didn't make sense. Yeah. Because but then when you think about it, like basketball it happens all everything happens so fast that yeah. a small body movement in within a couple seconds yeah. could like change the entire outcome of that yeah. play of course, and result yeah. in the score. Yep. Yeah. I agree. So, let's move on to the agent portion of the conference. Something, okay. something you're you're more interested in because you yeah. you you, you want to be an agent. Yeah, yeah definitely. Yeah. So we had uh, European agent uh, Mitsu Utsu's so, uh, the soccer player in Europe. His uh, his agent came, uh, Doctor Irku Sergu. He is a law- lawyer, but he also got his PhD in law because he wanted to do, uh, he wanted to be active in education and like educate people on the business of uh, soccer in Europe. Uh, what do you think of him? Yeah, I thought it was really interesting. Uh, you kind of briefly mentioned over it. I want to go into athlete representation. I want to represent, um, be sports agent when I grow when I get older. Um, definitely was a little interesting to hear Urkut, considering like I'm a huge sports fan, obviously, but actually the one of the only sports I don't follow is football or European soccer. Mm-hmm. So I didn't really necessarily know the specifics about details such as tran- we can talk about later, like transfers and all the contracts, um, that stuff that that the soccer leagues u- use. But um, it was cool to hear his story about he's pretty much um, 
he hustled a lot when he was younger and he's one of the youngest agents of his qual of that he's a really top tier agent like i mean he represents a lot of the, one player from the they got the player is on the german national team that sam was saying mm -hmm. um but it was cool to hear his story on how he gets deals for his players how he helps them out with stuff outside of the field um, outside of the soccer field and he just it was just cool to hear experiences how he does that yeah and he told he told us like it was a 24 7 job yeah but he told us he had he had a wife so that's <laughs> yeah. crazy and then also he flew all the way from london to come to usc to talk to us for yeah he stayed for his own panel and then he there was another panel afterwards so he stayed for like two, three hours two yeah. to three hours yeah definitely yeah, it is quite a bit yeah and then he told us like he does a lot more than just managing or working in the uh football operations yeah but he also manages their personal lives exactly, and like yeah he told us the good agents are the ones that care about the players after they're done playing. Exactly, yeah. Yeah, so he, you know, he's like, if uh, if a player calls me and they're like, I need I need visas for my, my parents, like, tonight, right now. And he said, you know, you can't just say that I can't do it or you can't say that I'm going to get someone else to do it because then they would just drop him and then go, go to the person who, like, can actually help them out. Yeah. And then speaking of like player management the panel after uh uh Irkut's, uh mm -hmm. it was just four four guys who are or like who there's a trainer and then yeah. there was a just like a manager of some kind like business manager i think uh one was a trainer one was yeah i believe so business manager yeah manager and then there, the moderator was a baseball agent and then um one guy he t he said that meeting ma uh, mayors legislators uh stuff like that is a lot more important than securing money because those establishing those connections will like uh, ensure that they have like a life after their playing career hmm. um anything else Ooh, should we get to talking to that crazy um diagram that eric Coot was like showing us Oh, if you want to talk about it, yeah. It's yeah. A little, it's a little crazy, yeah. yeah I think, yeah, we'll, we have a couple of minutes. So, Dr. Eric um he showed us this really, it looks simple, but it's really complicated because he was like, trying to explain how a typical transaction in European football, like, would take place. And it was like, Club A communicates with cl Club uh, Agent A, and then they want to get some player from Club B. Agent A goes to Club B, and then Club B's like, we'll we'll sell we'll sell it to you for six hundred thousand. We got him for five hundred thousand. Club A uh, agent A goes back to Club A, and then Club A gives agent A like four or five million dollars. And this is where like he lost both you and me, right? Yeah, I mean they were just talking about the whole tra um, transfer process when a team when a player wants to change teams. Yeah, because yeah. it's basically like a triangle, right? There's yeah. the there's two the two teams that are trying to work out the deal. But also the agent has to work with the player because the player has to agree to buy out of his current contract. So kind of like you were trying to go into, like I don't even want to try to go into that because it was just, it was so confusing just talking about he has to coordinate, the agent has to coordinate with the team that's trying to get a player, the team that's trying to give away the player and the agent. And it was just, it was a really complicated thing that he was talking about. Yeah, I, I, I really think my idea was like correct in that they 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 gave the agent like millions more than what the club was asking for because they needed to give the 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 player that they were trying to get like incentive to come play for them because they needed to give him a raise 
and then they need mm-hmm. to convince the player's agent to like let the like so that he can convince his client to like come and and exchange teams yeah right and also the four or five million dollars versus what the asking price of six hundred thousand euros this is euros by the way not dollars and it was to bring him over because they were giving him a raise and also to keep him on longer for like five years right yeah i don't know so, was, something like that a million dollars per year so five million so five 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 years yeah it was too confusing i don't even remember <laughs> yeah um so we got about five minutes left anything any any other highlights from the conference that you that you, you can uh want to talk about um no not anything in particular um i want to talk about devin johnson okay uh, uninterrupted yeah what do you think of him? I mean, it was pretty cool because they basically the goal of their their um, show is to give athletes a voice, to bring out athletes to come on their show to talk about, you know, whatever issues they like to address. So I mean, it was kind of it was cool to hear his perspective. He's basically helping athletes with a platform to talk, you know, and to give the message what they want to give. So it was pretty cool to hear about that. I, I noticed like the moderator and then Devin, they were kind of like arguing a little bit because oh. <laughs> it's like Devin's more like, you know, new school and, and then uh, the moderator, he's like this, you know, journalist from Fox, I think. Yeah. And um, one, one question that he asked was, was, int- okay, so Devin Johnson, he showed us this uh, promotional video of uh, their series with Josh Gordon. Yeah. Um, he's Patriots like wide receiver, right? Or he was. He was. He's yeah. Not anymore, yeah. So the, the news that uh, Devin was saying that journalists are, you know, they're ma- painting Josh Gordon out to be, you know, some guy who just yeah, can't get off drugs. the weed. This mm-hmm. is like a quote, and and then Devin was like, "Our my our uninterrupted um, I, I goal is to allow athletes to share their their that's side of the yeah. story that's you know uninterrupted." Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. So then, uh, Devin was telling us that Josh Gordon's um, feature it you know josh gordon tells the the audience that he's you know been addicted to drugs since he was eight years old Mm -hmm. so then the whole like idea of painting painting him to be like an addict i mean painting him to be just some football player who can't get off weed it's like a lot more a lot more different right Mm -hmm. and and then the moderator was like when you when do you check do do you fact check what these athletes are spewing out and then Devin said that, you know, it's their truth. And then he repeated himself. He's like, it's their truth. <laughs> so I'm not like, it's like, he's not going to interfere with what they want to share yeah. with the world. Yeah. Yeah. I thought that was cool. Yeah. All right. So, uh, we are pretty much done with this week's episode. Um, mm-hmm. next week we got, Oh, you want to do a plug for a sports business association? Yeah. So just real quick. So as Adam said, when he introduced me, uh, I started a club on campus at UCI this past year uh, called the Sports Business Association. So basically the goal of our club is to um, just kind of educate our members and to inform them of the possible career opportunities that are out there in sports. So we do that through guest speakers, we have networking events, we have facility tours. So if you would just look up, uh, we are on Facebook, Instagram, the Sports Business Association at UC Irvine. Uh, We're trying to expand our group as much as possible. Um, we're planning on having Ned Coletti have a conference call with us. He's the ex-GM of the Dodgers. We've had also various other guest speakers come out to our uh, club and come talk from teams. You know, uh, we plan on having the Angels come out. We have different uh, agencies come out. So if you were interested in that, please, please, please come try to look us for us online uh, or social media. And we'd love to have you come out to an event. 
All right, thank you. And next week we're gonna have uh, Priyanka Prabari, and I think we're just gonna go uh, general like playoff predictions for uh, next week, both conferences. Um, thanks, and I'll catch you next week. <laughs>